Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Cloud Wars Live. The digital revolution is in full swing, and one of the implications of that is that there's a booming demand for great talent in all sorts of fields, technology fields, related fields. And these days, I think the way businesses run on digital, it's hard to split that area between a technical position, non-technical position. They're all involving software and technology in some ways. So our good friend, Pat Fitzgerald from CareerAv is with us today. And Pat has brought along a special guest to help share some insights into what's going on in this very, very keen war for talent. Patrick, welcome back. It's always a pleasure to have you. Thanks, Bob. Great to be back and uh, great to see you again. All right. Now, now, Pat, I thought for a while that you knew everything about everything, but it turns out you've got uh, somebody who, who knows even more about some things. So who, who's with you today? Well, I'm blessed to have a lot of people around me that, that know much more than I do. And, and, and the older I get, the more I realize that, Bob, you and, you and I have talked about that a couple of times. My business partner, Mark Hatfield, with CareerAv is with us today. Uh, Career Ave, as you know, we do executive recruiting, we do contingent, but we also do our RPO business, recruiter process outsourcing. Mark is the genius behind that business. And so I, want, I thought it was really relevant for today's marketplace around the whole dynamic of where these companies, are, we're getting tremendous amount of calls from our clients to, to help to ask us, can we jump in contingent as we fill executive positions? All those new executives need talent, you know, the teams below them. And so what we're finding is, is that because there's so much demand out there, the market's really huge, which is wonderful. The, the, the reality is, is that these companies are competing with, I don't know how many other 30, 40, 100 other companies for really the same talent and the dilemma we have is, is I believe the contingent model works great in certain markets, but I think this market really requires a little different thinking, a creativity. So I wanted to bring Mark in to talk more about contract recruiters, recruiters on demand, and, and really the impact that it could have on those companies to really have a fully designated person both to fill those jobs, to understand the client's soft skills, the needs that the hiring managers want, but also then the cost impact around what those hires would cost from a contingent perspective, you know, versus a senior level contract recruiter. So let me introduce you to my partner, Mark Hatfield, and I'll turn it over to you too. All right. Thanks. Thanks, Pat. Thanks, Bob, for inviting me on your show. I appreciate it. Um, you know, I think, um, Recruiter on demand uh, or recruiting outsource processing, really the inception started around 2012. That's when we really started to see a, a shift from the traditional, um, just bring a, a hired gun, a, a contract recruiter, or just put it out to search, you know, just go out and, and uh, do a contingency search. Um, and the, the reason for that is companies were needing a more strategic way of addressing their talent demands. Uh, they were looking for solutions, not just, not just a, a one hit wonder to just fill a particular role. Um, and uh, out of that, the, the recruiting process outsourcing business started to develop. Um, and to, to clarify, when, when people hear RPO, um, they may envision different things. Um, RPO is certainly uh, known for um, 
a complete outsourcing of the recruiting function. That that is one aspect of RPO. It could be a it could be a smaller startup company that doesn't have a recruiting organization. Um, it could be a larger organization that may be going through an acquisition and merger, and they've 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 done away with they've they've cut costs and they've done away with recruiting organization as a as an entity. Their recruiters just don't have the expertise, so they don't have the technical knowledge that's needed to really meet the demand of that line of business. And so they want to outsource that to an expert. They want to outsource that to an organization that has a, a domain expertise in that space. Um, uh, it can be that complex where they're coming in with a full staff, uh, all the systems, all the tools, all their own equipment, their own talent acquisition leader, managing things globally. So a true outsourcing of that function. Or it can be as simple as we need a recruiter with a particular expertise because we need to scale and we need to hire. And we're, we're looking to outsource that particular role for a three-month, six-month time frame. So it can be very basic or it can be a full service solution. At the end of the day, what an RPO organization really does is they, they bring a more strategic approach to that customer for getting those talent needs and those business needs met. Um, and it's up to the RPO firm to develop and design what that strategy is going to be, how they're going to address those needs. Um, and, um, and for, for us, um, you know, we have, uh, we have different areas that we focus, um, a large degree of what we do is within that sales and services or that go to market space that, that has kind of become our area of expertise when customers are looking to outsource or, or engage our services, um, for, for an RPO engagement. Well, Mark, thanks. That you know, it's fascinating, and, and I was uh, very happy to hear that Pat had invited you to come on today to talk about this because if you look at certainly in the technology sector, uh, it's growing like crazy. There's a huge demand among those companies, but if you also extend that out into what have traditionally been non-technology companies, but that are all getting more and more into uh, technology-oriented operations. They need more technology expertise. So it's a booming area. And I think for a lot of our audiences, there, there's probably them or some of their colleagues have this incredible pressure on, you got to fill these spots. And most people, I suspect, Mark, haven't lived through a market like this. They haven't had to go out and try to, uh, both within their own company, find this great talent especially when every other company in just about every industry is competing for this. So I thought it was really important to be able to understand from the experts point of view that you and Pat bring to this, what are the sort of the pros and cons of the RPO approach? And then you've also mentioned the contingent approach. So could you just touch a little bit on the, the short-term and yeah. long-term benefits of each? Sure. Sure, sure. I, I think um, going back to um, maybe a little bit more about what Pat mentioned, um, uh, again, an RPO firm can be brought in um, to address different needs. Um, there can be companies that have um, 
very high volume hiring, low level skill set, low level talent, where it's more transactional. And an RPO firm can come in and what they can, um, what they can offer is they can offer a lower cost per hire. Um, they, what they do for a business is recruit. So they're going to do it better than a software company that has a recruiting organization. They're going to have more resources. They're going to have more tools. They're going to have more investment put into making that organization or that team successful because that's their, that's their business. Um, whereas your corporate recruiting organization, recruiting is not their business. So they're not putting the same investment. They're not putting the same resources, the same attention into that organization. Um, so in those highly transactional roles, uh, most often RPO firm can say, we can do it faster and we can do it cheaper. When you're, when you're bringing in an RPO firm to deal with the higher level, the more professional level roles, which is where we focus, we can't necessarily say we can do it always cheaper than your own recruiting organization, but we can almost always say we can do it better because of the level of recruiting talent that we have on the team, um, their level of expertise, um, they're not generalists, they're experts in their field. They're, they're sales recruiters and that's all they do. They're engineering recruiters and that's all they do. So they have those networks, they have that knowledge, they have that business acumen that most typical corporate recruiting organizations can't, can't really say they have. That, you know, they've got recruiters that are having to bounce from one line of business to the next, from one need to the next, from one quarter to the next, you know, they're, they're trying to balance budget. And so they don't necessarily always have that luxury of having subject matter experts to focus on their jobs. Um, uh, the one area that um, we do when we, when we sit down and we talk to our customers and we start to explore the best strategy for them, the best value for them in terms of what route to take, oftentimes the, 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 the business unit leader or the HR uh, business partner um, is most familiar with search. Well, let's just call it out. Let's just call it out to an agency. Um, but if you've got 10, 15, 20 roles, um, the, the cost of paying an agency to do that um, is, is huge, especially in this market where there's so much competition for the same A player. No company out there that's recruiting a sales professional says, I want a B player. They all want that A player that's crushing their quota year after year. Everybody's going after that person. So to get a, to get a search agency that's going to make you a priority and, and only recruit for you and only give you their time um, is, is not realistic. They're, they're going to get that candidate placed no matter where they can get them. As long as it's a quality company, um, they do care about that. I mean, they, they care about their reputation. They care about the candidates. They want them to have a good placement. But they're not exclusive, and they're not only working for you. So um, when you bring in an RPO firm, you're getting that loyalty. You're getting that dedication. You're, you're getting that effort for that 
six month, nine month, one year program timeframe when they're actually working with you for you partnering and giving you 100% of what they do. So not only, not only are you saving money in terms of fees, you're not paying for fees, you're, you're paying more for the project, um, but you're also gleaning all the benefit from all those discussions, all that pipeline, all those interviews that you now own as IP within your company, it doesn't belong to an outside agency who is doing the efforts for somebody else while they were doing it for you. Mark, that's fascinating. And uh, I want to come back to you in a second here, you and Pat, and ask if we, you've explained it well from like the recruiter or the hiring company's point of view. I want to ask you in a second here about what's in the mind of some of these A players that you're talking to as well as they see this uh, insatiable market coming after them. But first, I just want to offer a word from our sponsor, BMC. BMC wants to know, is your business on its A game? That's when systems are intelligent by learning from markets, where automation is paramount yet effortless, and when technology and people work as one in an enterprise. The A-game is your business at its absolute best. BMC calls this the autonomous digital enterprise. Find out more at bmc.com slash A-game. So Pat and Mark, if I'm one of those A players, right, being targeted by so many companies right now, what does a hiring company, whether that's via the, an RPO or, you know, whoever it might be, what do they want to hear today? What, what's the thing that gets those players, the, those A players that have so many choices, <clears throat> what gets them into the fold? That's a really, I think, Bob, that's a, that's a really difficult question. Naturally, it's, it's personal networks, it's timing. A lot of what Mark and I always talk about, and, you know, we've talked about this too, Bob, is it's timing, catching them when they missed a quarter or they're having a, you know, a not so great time with their manager or the company has made some transitions. So the, uh, which is actually where I think this RPO piece really resonates also with a senior recruiter, a tenured recruiter, 15, 20 years has an ear to the marketplace. That ear to the market knows that, hey, some, you know, this hiring manager over at XYZ competitor has just left. That should make everyone below them a little more vulnerable. I, your, your question's a hard question to answer, Bob, because you know, obviously today's marketplace, everyone in our market, all the competitors uh, are trading their employees very well. Right? There's the, the whole discussion around virtual and how <laughs> will that continue to evolve the equity stake. So, so it's, it's it, you know, can another company come up with more? That's the question. Equity is always going to be a big issue, and I think will continue to be a, a driving force for change in the future. But for us, it's a lot about knowing the market, competitive intelligence, which is where, you, again, I'm not faulting contingent, but a lot of contingent firms has have sourcers and you know young recruiters that don't necessarily know the market intelligence piece, where a seasoned recruiter whether it be like us or one of our contractors that's got 20 years, happens to know the market and hears that market intelligence and is able to go off and capitalize on that intelligence and really go direct recruit. So that's one component. And certainly Mark knows that there's an awful lot of other pieces to it. So let me, let me defer to Mark on his thoughts. Yeah. So, you know, our, our focus is in the high tech space. So that's what I can speak to. I'm sure 
depending upon the industry you're in, there's certain trends, there's certain, there's certain things that are a draw to talent. Um, for sure, on our side, um, there's certain hot topics right now. Um, cybersecurity, artificial intelligence, um, customer experience management. I mean, those are kind of the hot buttons today that when we're talking to candidates that are in the development development phase, they're in the sales sales role. Um, they all want to be with companies that are gonna that are gonna keep them relevant. They want to be with companies that are going to make their job easier. Um, I love recruiting for cybersecurity companies because recruiters all want to work <laughs> with cybersecurity companies. If I'm a salesperson, that's probably a space that I would like to be in. Um, so I think it for for the for the mid tier, the mid level, uh, the developers, the the engineers, salespeople, it kind of depends upon the market that they're in and what's hot, what's trending, what, what's the next new thing. Um, I think um, at, at other levels, um, a lot of it has to do with who am I working for? Am I, did I connect with that person? Did that person resonate with me? Do we share common values? You know, are they going to help me get to that next level? Are they going to offer me opportunities? We, we often say we don't work for work for people yeah. and I think that um, I think that that's a big part of it too is is candidates feeling good about the people that they met with and that whole experience that they had in that interview especially today um, where we don't get that face-to-face -face anymore we don't get that handshake we don't get to walk through the office um, I think it's become increasingly more important um, through this whole online digital media um, that companies make that time work for them. Yeah, Mark, th thanks. That uh, all, all those points you mentioned, you know, the hot airs that are going on, I think, Pat, you know, uh, clearly these top candidates have to be treated well. And the last question I wanted to ask about that is uh, we've seen right over the last 15, 16 months, a lot of people saying, I don't want to work in a big city, right? Or uh, I, I don't want to have two hours a day tied up in commute. And I wonder is is lifestyle, how much does that play into it these days, right? Can these and these top tier candidates sort of pick and choose their options based on where you let me live. Well, we're seeing actually, and that's a really interesting topic, Bob, as you know, because as we see now coming out of COVID, there's a huge transformation within technology and, and across all industries around virtual. I think we'll all see that some companies will certainly go back to a lot of in-house. But, but even before that, we've, I thought we were seeing a, a real uh, opening and an interest in how we, how we really engage our employees uh, on the virtual side. We saw a lot of companies certainly uh, working very aggressively to make sure that they uh, had a better work-life balance than, uh, than before. And it was very creative. And we saw a lot of small companies you know, that, uh, that we had acquired early on that, you know, when you and I were at SAP, Bob, and they brought a lot of ideas and creative ideas about, you know, the workforce and days off and mental health days and what have you. And, and I think COVID certainly has now magnified, you know, that transition. Um, I don't know where it's going to settle. 
I think in the end, it's going to kind of pendulum swing as we always see the marketplace. Uh, but I do believe that the, the, the virtual uh, employee workforce, and we're seeing a lot of, as you see this now, a lot of people moving out of the major cities and major metropolitan areas, knowing that they can, they can work remote and, and going forward. I think that's going to be a real big topic for these competitors, for these, for these uh, companies in the marketplace. So, yeah. Mark, what do you think? Yeah, no, I, I agree with Pat. Um, I am starting to see um, companies going back to work, um, some of it part-time, um, you know, three days a week, two days a week, but they're starting to ease back in. Um, I'm hearing some companies saying it will never be the same. You know, it will never be 100% back in the office. Um, for recruiters and for, for us, um, that's made our job easier because I no longer have to look for that right recruiter in New York City that's willing to go into the office. Now I can just simply find them the best recruiter I have and they're open to that now. Uh, so for recruiters, um, it's, it's really been a, a blessing in terms of creating additional opportunities for them. Okay, okay. Well, guys, this has been great. I wonder, uh, Pat, Mark, was there a final thought that you wanted to, to leave the audience with on this whole notion of what, what happens in an incredibly high demand business, everybody after A players, and the different tools and capabilities and approaches that these hiring companies are able to take that each of you has outlined? So, Bob, if you're comfortable, uh, uh, I think the years of experience that Mark and I have, you also in the marketplace, you know, in the tech world, we see companies and the, and the marketplace evolving and we've been watching it evolve. Cloud is, you know, is, is going to be something else in the future. The question is, is how do employers realize the, the value of the employee? And that's clearly evolving, even escalating uh, because of COVID. I do believe that there's going to be a, a, a much greater transition in the way that we see the whole workforce improvement. I, I personally hope we're going to see a lot more focus on workforce development uh, and really enabling the, 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 the employees and the, and the leaders to, to really spend more time together and, uh, and really do more training. But I do think that it's going to shift. I do think we're going to see the pendulum come back a little bit to Mark's point. And Mark, I'll, I'll let you have the final thought on that. Yeah, thanks, Pat. I think the one thing that I am already seeing that I think we're going to need to see more of is hiring managers really being prepared to move quickly. Mm -hmm. um, candidates are, are, are just getting multiple offers, multiple calls. They're getting tired of getting all the recruiting phone calls and interviews um, and I think managers are going to have to be prepared when they find the right person to pull the trigger and, and to move quickly, um, or I think they're going to start to lose um, that talent. So I think that's the thing that probably I would stress that we're going to need to see more of as we go forward is just moving, moving quickly and really being prepared for those interviews when they, when they do happen. Great. You know, Mark, that that uh, if I could just add one thought on that, it's it's some that you know Pat has talked a lot. The role of social media in recruiting is certainly can be helpful, but it's no 
replacement for that thing of the relationships, the connectedness that you have and a deep level of expertise in certain markets that, you know, you just mm -hmm. can't, you can't put a, a price on that and there's no alternative to it. But it's so interesting to hear you talk about this notion of speed, being willing and able to pull the trigger here, because I mean, that's what's hitting every facet of business these days, right? And there's in some ways no reason to think that recruiting, hiring, getting, you know, those great people on board, why it should be any different. Right. Yeah, exactly. Well, gentlemen, uh, thank you so much, Pat Fitzgerald and Mark Hatfield of careerav.com. Always, uh, always illuminating to hear, you know, from the front lines of the war on talent, uh, what you guys uh, are, are thinking of, what you're seeing, what you're hearing. So thanks a million for being with us today and sharing your insights. Thank thanks, you, Bob. Bob. Always appreciate it. Uh, folks, and to all of you out there in the Cloud Wars audience, thank you for being with us today. Hope your summer's off to a great start. We're just about to round the corner from uh, the first half of the year into the second. I hope it's a wonderful summer for you. And thanks again for being with us.